0: This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. It's
1: amazing how just connected food is to emotion. I taste something that reminds me of my dad, I'll start, I break down, I start crying and we have to stop shooting and we're like, I need, I need like five minutes. For me, it's it's a flavor thing. I know some people it's music, some people it's a sound, but my connection to my dad is always food and it's it always will be. So all those little things that as a kid, I didn't know what it was, what it meant, you know? Yes, he was sharing his love and he was giving me some love, but he was also passing down the the rules of making a good sauce and making good pasta.
0: I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with everyone's favorite foodie, comedian, and host of the Food Network's Big Food Bucket List, John Cattucci. John, thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you here today.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: Where did your love of food come from?
1: Uh, I guess my family. Like we, 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 I grew up in an Italian house, so food was a big thing. Sharing food was even bigger thing, you know. Sometimes you have Italian parents that are uh, overly loving, and then sometimes you have ones that are a little, you know, standoffish, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, you know, yeah. it's a, a it's a handshake, <laughs> it's a good kiss. They're proud of you. They might not explain it, but love is always shared through food, right? So, right. Uh, uh, my dad was a lovely man, uh, and he did. I'm going to say like 80 percent of the cooking in the house, like um, especially the big feast meals. So any Easter meal or Christmas or, you know, whatever. If somebody was coming over, it was a big deal. My dad, that was my dad. My dad would always make. Sundays was always my dad, he would make a ragu. he would start early morning uh, and then by the afternoon it was done. And then he'd, and then I'd be watching TV in my room. And we- we'd eat early afternoon, but you know, noon would come around and he would bring me a-, a bowl of, of sugo and a panino. And he'd give me a wink and he'd like pretend like, shh, I'm not doing this for anybody else. and. And then uh, you know go his way, <laughs> and uh, and and he'd also, uh, and I didn't know this until years later. Uh, he'd also bring me into the kitchen, my two sisters as well, and he would uh, get a, a a bowl and put some of the pasta in the bowl and put some of the sauce and toss it together and make us taste it before uh, he plated it. Oh, I love that! It was his way of imparting that flavor. Into our subconscious, right? So we knew what a good sauce would taste like, and we knew what a good ragu would taste like. And we knew what a good pasta is supposed to be salt, how it's supposed to be salted, how it's supposed to be cooked, and so all those little things that, as a kid, I didn't know what it was, what it meant. You know, yes, he was sharing his love and he was giving me some love, but he was also, uh, in a deeper way, kind of be like uh, passing down the the rules of making a good sauce and making good pasta. And still to this day, if when we're shooting up for the show, if I taste something that reminds me of my dad i'll start i break down i start crying and we have to stop shooting and we'll like i need i need like five minutes and it's amazing how just connected food is to emotion for me it's it's a flavor thing i know some people it's music some people it's a sound uh, but my connection to my dad is always food and it's it always will be
0: so your dad did a lot of the cooking do you do any cooking at home
1: i do i mean like listen i'm, I'm uh i'm with the shoot schedule I'm not home very often so when I am home Mm -hmm. I like to cook I like to you know there are certain things that my kids like and my wife likes and I like and so we'll do that also uh, at the same time I'm very lazy <laughs> and then when you also come from being on the road for three weeks, then you got to come home and you're like, somebody's not cooking for me at a restaurant. This is bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I gotta. So it's either it, I, I'm either cooking or at least I'm the one who's going out to buy food. You know, for ordering in or for going out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a couple of games. Okay. Are you? Are you? I was gonna say, are you game?
1: Please don't say that. It
0: came out. I can't take it back now. It's out. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. First one, this or that?
1: The choice is yours. You can oh. get with this or you can get with that.
0: Okay, oh. while cooking, do you listen oh. to music or you want oh. silence?
1: Uh, silence. Oh.
0: I would never have pegged you for that. Okay. Yeah. Morning person or night owl?
1: Oh, more of a night owl. Dog or cat? Oh, both. Phone call or text? Depends who the person is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you one of those people that takes off the notification on the text? No, no, no. There's
1: (gasps) certain people I love. Some people aren't very good at conversations,
0: right? TV or movies?
1: TV. Pool or beach? Uh, Shade, whatever their shade. Uh, More. (laughs) 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 Just give me like a a chair, like a lounge chair in the shade near the water, near like a beach.
0: This one's a hard one pasta or pizza?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Pizza.
0: Toothpaste, do you squeeze
1: it from the middle or the bottom? I go middle until I can't and then I go from the bottom. Laundry or dishes? What's worse? Oh, I hate doing dishes. I'll do laundry any day. I'll I'll wash and fold, but don't ask me to put it away. Oh, no, I'm, I'm so the opposite. I'll I do can't, dishes any day. I cannot. put Like, I will have baskets of laundry. I will just live out of a basket because I hate putting it away. I wish there was Uber, but for putting my laundry away.
0: <laughs> That's an idea. Yeah. And now on two, yes, season two, season
1: two of Big Food Bucket List. Congratulations! Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm I'm very happy with it. I'm uh, uh, it was I was a little nerve wracking to shoot because like it's you're back on TV and people are just like, mm-hmm. people still gonna like you? And do they like the show? And and I guess people like seeing me stuff my face. So what I <laughs> like it's it's okay. <laughs> they like they like traveling with me. They like seeing my what I'm eating. They like seeing me be a goof. Um, uh, and it's, it's a, it's a great gig. I've been curious
0: about this. Yeah. The inspiration behind Big Food Bucket List. What was it like?
1: Chorus Food Network approached us with it. They were like, Hey, we have this idea. It's another, it's another kind of like travel show. The restaurants are going to be a little different than the, than before. We're not going to shy away from restaurants that might be uh, a little more elevated or, you know, right. like a little fancier. You're just going wherever there's good food. Yeah. That's all I really like. I mean, it's funny. Cause you like the, the term foodie. I don't even think of myself as a foodie. I find I, I I call myself an Edie. I'm an uh, an Edie and a drinkie. I'm an Edie and a drinkie is what I am. I just like, I just really like food. I'm a, I'm a big fan of food. Uh, It sustains me, but uh, it's, it's nice to be places where you're like, oh, I haven't tried that before. Like on the last show we did on the last season of, of Big Food Bucket List, we went to a place uh, in uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia called, called Canteen. uh, And they did this um, amazing scallop dish with, uh, peas in a, a risotto. It was like a, ris- a pea risotto with, um, with scallops on it. Amazing. Mm. But they also did this uh, uh, creamed lobster uh, on, uh, on homemade sourdough bread that they grilled and then they put this oh lobster and herbs and cream all over it and it was like open faced and it was just, it killed me. I don't know about you guys. We never did that cream sauces with fish growing no.
0: up.
1: It no. wasn't a thing. And then I, w- I remember working at an Italian restaurant when I was in high school a place called villa borghese my boss he would get so so angry if somebody had like a uh linguine de mare like with seafood and weenie mm-hmm. and they wanted cheese on it yeah yeah Be like don't don't go don't 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 go i'm like they're asking don't go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like all right so trying like learning that oh other cultures other families other people put you know, seafood and cream together. I was like, oh, is that, is, that, is, that supposed, is that supposed to happen? Yes, it's supposed to happen. And it's very good. <laughs> so what are some of
0: the places that you're planning to visit, or can you say, for season two?
1: I don't think I can. I mean, I, I can tell you, like, where we're going kind of thing. Whereabouts? But yeah, yeah. We were just in the East Coast. We were just in uh, Prince Edward Island and Charlottetown and uh, in North Rustico. Uh, and then we went to Lunenburg and then we were in Halifax. And the East Coast of Canada is just, breathtaking it is gorgeous uh the scenery the seafood the people are amazing out there they just want to take care of you they love showing off their their little part of the world they love they do uh, they're just so proud of it and that's and they should be there's something about when you're driving up to the sea and you catch and you that first whiff of of salt air and you're just like oh my god but you gotta love seafood if you don't love seafood you're mad You're, you're done you're, like I love seafood and even two days in I was like give me a burger come on already I get it <laughs> uh, but, but having having lobster that fresh having scallops you've never had scallops like you've had like when you uh, on the east coast when it's just mm-hmm. it's been you know they, they, they've taken it out of the water hours before and then they have those products that the fish that seafood in the hands of people who know how to properly do it it's otherworldly so we were just in the east coast like I said um, mm-hmm. We're doing North America uh, again this season, which is really cool. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm leaving for, for Manhattan. I'm leaving for New York City, and so we're gonna be in New York City and Brooklyn and in New Jersey. Oh, that's um, cool. Then we come back, yeah, and we come back, and then chill at home. We do some stuff in town in Toronto, and then we go out to like Philly and Cleveland and Detroit, and then we're going out to uh, BC again, uh, Ottawa at some point. So we're traveling quite a bit. It's a, there's a lot of travel on the show. What do you want people to take away from the show? That there's so many great places in every town that like don't necessarily have that advertising budget that big restaurants have. You know mm. what I mean? Like that, 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 yeah. that the conglomerates have, but that those little places are putting out such amazing food and those little places have those connections with restaurants and, and with farmers and with producers and uh, producers you can really feel the love in that food. I'm just trying to find that 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 connection. And when you have that perfect connection, you don't wanna leave, you always wanna go back. And uh, I think we, like, we're trying to find those places and I think we're finding them for, for people. And it's
0: just, it's reintroducing and showing people that there are connections to food. We all have connections
1: to food. A lot of these places, there's always a story with the dish. Yeah, there's always a story with the dish, there's always a story with, like, and that's what we're trying to find too. Right? We're always trying to find that story and that interesting story beat. Uh, and so the researchers do a really good job uh, talking to the, uh, the chefs, talking to the owners, uh, figuring out what that is—that that one thing that makes this place, this one dish—is it just a one ingredient? Is it like you know—is uh, it the—is it the meat that's coming from our organic farm? Is it the produce? Is it the fact that they're um, uh, they're pickling everything in house? Is it the fact that they're the, um, you know that the the baker comes in in the morning and every, all the bread that they use for other sandwiches have been made fresh daily. I know back in the day, like even let's let's say ten years ago, that whole idea of farm to table was really foreign to people, but it was mainly like higher end restaurants that had that stuff, or it was it was seen as she she, I don't know. like it, people kind of put their nose up to it. And now everyone's realizing the the importance of it. If the stuff that's being produced is being produced with love and then you, you being cooked with love, you can't help but feel it. And not only does it taste good, it feels good and i and i think that's the um, the thing that i i really love about doing the show i meet a ton of people mm-hmm. on the show uh, from the owners to the customers that come in and stuff like that it's when you make those connections with people that are that you realize oh well this is a this is a, a pretty great gig i was going to ask you can you watch yourself It's hard for me because I'm critical and I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? We shoot it and then it's in the hands of editors and then everybody's making notes on it. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of separated from that part of the world of of what happens with the show after you're gone from it. So when uh, I'll see it like six months later in a cut and I'm like, I remember that dish. Oh, and I forgot about that. That's good. That's great. So it's exciting for me to watch too. As much as I hate watching myself uh, on anything, I watch it because it's... You know, part of the gig and I like the show and it makes me laugh. You know what I mean? There are times where I watch it and I'm like, oh I forgot I said that, but my <laughs> my anxiety comes out when I watch myself for sure.
0: Honestly, I'm not saying cause you hear I'm not blowing smoke. It really is a great hey, show. You can it's blow a lot smoke. of fun to you watch. You can blow
1: smoke all you want. But thank you very much.
0: <laughs> I'm Mary Mammalidi and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today I'm talking with John Cattucci, comedian and host of Big Food Bucket List on the Food Network. So when you do cook or get a chance to cook, what's one of your favorite dishes to cook? Uh,
1: It's a pasta fagioli. It's so peasant food. It's so classic. It's so um, quick and easy. And we've kind of tweaked it here at my house. Because when I was a kid, my mom would just take a can of beans and put some water in it and, and some garlic and um, bay leaf and that's it, and that would be mm-hmm. it, right? And it was still always delicious. And no matter what, it's still one of my favorite meals that my mom used to make when I was a kid. And it's mm-hmm. comforting and it didn't matter how many times I would make the same recipe, it would never be the same because you impart something, your psyche, your emotion, whatever, your your heart into every meal. There's a trick that I learned when I shot in uh, Italy on for, for you, you gotta eat here. The chef um, would put olive oil in a pan and then put a garlic clove in the oil and get the the uh, get the flavor from the garlic, right? In the oil, but wouldn't leave the garlic in there and would take the mm-hmm. garlic out. And I love that trick. So I do that now. Sometimes I find garlic is a bit too strong for my palate.
0: I agree. Sometimes it overpowers. Sometimes it
1: overpowers yeah. and so kinda of get the flavor from the olive oil. I mean the garlic in the olive oil. Then you throw in some onion and yeah. You cook that down. You don't want to color it at all. You just want to give it, you know, get it translucent. Then you get a, I, we use canned fajoli, canned navy beans, yeah. and we wash them out and stuff like that. Then put it into the pan and kind of like stir it into the onions and the and the, and the olive oil and kind of like kind of get some color on the beans as well. Mm-hmm. And then instead of instead of using water, we just, we use like a, a chicken broth, uh, and then slow cook that with a couple of bay leaves in there as well. Until it gets, you know, somewhat soft. I still like a little bit of texture with my, my fagioli. Yeah, me too. And then we make pasta. We, we, we My girls like the pasta shells, the little, the little mm-hmm. shells. Mix that, oh, together, mix that all together. Mix that all together. And then uh, I kind of like, once it's all in the same pot, I turn up the heat a little bit and I still mix it. So it kind of gets creamy, right? Mm-hmm. When you're cooking the pasta, I like adding a little bit of olive oil into the pasta it's not going to help stick or whatever like that. It's just something about it. When you have the pasta and the fagioli back in the pot and you're heating it up and you're mixing it all together, some, there's some sort of chemical reaction that's happening that you get the creaminess from the beans. But also th- I think that olive oil also helps, makes it cremosa, makes it creamy.
0: It does. It does. Oh add, my God. You add
1: some cheese right in there at that moment and the cheese kind of like melts into everything. And then when you put it in your pan, when you put it in your, in your, in your plate, it's like, it's more Parmigiano on top of that. And then, Olive oil on top of that, and you're fucking and you're set. You're good to go. And now. I want pasta fagioli for breakfast.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, I don't <laughs> think you heard that, but I was wiping off the drool the, off the mic.
1: It's ruined the mic, Mary. It's ruined yeah, the mic. Yeah, I, I can't. Now I want pasta fagioli. I know, me too. Isn't it? It's just so good, and it's even more delicious the next day. And the talk about opening a restaurant is always, you know, in the air. And I was like, if I ever open up a restaurant, I'm gonna have reheated pasta on the on the menu. Isn't it the best? There's something. It is the most delicious thing. The, the flavors mix in and they set. Yeah. And then the next day, then you got to heat it up in a frying pan, right? You need, you almost have to almost, just on the edge of frying it. Uh, yeah. Because it gets crispy It's Like the the, the, the the pasta noodles kind of get crispy as well. Uh, and it's a great, I love reheated pasta. And pasta fagioli when you reheat it up the next day, it's just gorgeous. Speaking of a restaurant,
0: if you did open one up, What's your favorite ingredient to cook with that you would you would bring
1: into this restaurant? That's a good question. Uh, I think one of the main things would be like a pasta. I love pasta. That would have to be pasta. My dad used to make an eggplant parmigiana that was just mm. spectacular. Uh, so it would be, I think that, or we also one of the big dishes that we always had at every family occasion was a pasta al forno, so a baked pasta dish. Uh, you know, rigatoni and a tomato sauce, and then you mix it with. Um, uh you, you bake it in a padella a, a pan uh and uh mix it with um with cheese and you put it in the oven and then it gets bubbly and crispy on top and it's delicious uh on the special things my dad would make little meatballs little polpetti, and put them all through so you know you if you were lucky oh, you got a piece with a couple of meatballs in there too uh so i think a pasta forno would be there, like just some just some classic-y classic stuff
0: do you portion out your meatball to eat with like when i eat pasta <laughs> and i've done this since i was a kid <laughs> i like portion out my meatballs. so i make sure that i have a little bit of meatball with every single bite so if,
1: uh, depending on the size of the meatball you kind of cut it in quarters
0: oh if it's my sister she makes boulders oh okay but, <laughs> okay,
1: okay okay so you kind of like you kind of put me
0: like, i'm smaller yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah oh, for <laughs> sure like if i have meatballs on my plate uh uh i'll cut it up and make sure that you know i've got a forkful of pasta with a piece of meatball, and it's in my mouth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a little OCDish of me, but I love it. I think so. <laughs> I'm I, I'm I am also OCD-ish. If you get a, a carton of eggs, you either randomly take them out, and if you do that, you're an animal, uh, <laughs> or you take evenly from like one corner and then the opposite corner, and then you work your way into the center. That's the way I like it. Judge all you want, but I don't care. <laughs> I can't
0: look. I'm crying because honestly, <laughs> my husband's looking at me like, "Damn, John Caturchi." <laughs> hey. Okay. Rapid fire. Go. Favorite meal.
1: Uh, pasta fagioli.
0: Weirdest dish you've made.
1: Oh, weirdest. Thing. Or tried. Or tried. uh Weirdest dish I've ever tried. I think it would be the fried sweet the pancreas. It was like sweetbread tacos. So fried, fried uh, sweetbread in taco form. That was the weirdest. Having that, yeah. Favorite kitchen gadget? I like my microplane. You've got five minutes
0: to move into a new kitchen, and you can only take one item with you. What would it be?
1: A nice non-stick frying pan. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Curse words you use in the kitchen?
1: <laughs> like, "la fanculo, catso. Like, there's a, uh, there's a, but yeah, for f- sakes, that's my, one of my, for f- sakes.
0: <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, I'd be able to fly. Fly? Yeah. So you can just overlook and watch yeah. everyone? Just fly around. When traffic gets tough, you just go, You just fly around and get back home.
0: <laughs> What's your junk food kryptonite?
1: Uh, I. I uh, is Nutella junk food? Because that's my, yes. that's one of my, that's a kryptonite, Nutella.
0: Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. <laughs> what would you bring back? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would... Oh, like a, like a little bit of a potbelly? <laughs> How's that? Is that okay, yeah. I'll bring that back? Make that sexy? I'll take that. I'll make that I'll sexy, take that. yeah, yeah.
0: There was a, a recipe you posted of no need bread.
1: Oh yeah, that was, I just listen. I, 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 I kind of got obsessed with bread there for a little bit and it's kind of hard to be obsessed when you're on the road to make it, but it mm-hmm. was like a, a great, simple recipe of like yeast and water and salt uh, and you just, you let it hang out for like 12 hours and let it do its thing. You don't even, and you don't have to, you don't even need it. You don't have to you mix it in a bowl with a spoon and then leave it. And then the next, whenever, however long you're you're letting it uh, rise, you put it in like in a Dutch oven. I got a like corset pot that you kind of preheat it in the oven, take it out. The dough kind of, you form it into like a loose ball. You pop it in, mm. the, in the pot. It's so delicious. Because you have the pot, the, the lid on the pot some of the steam comes out when it, when mm-hmm. it, when it comes out of the, the, the bread, when it's baking, it kind of helps create a nice crust. Yeah. It's phenomenal. On the top of the, uh, on the top of the bread. And it's so simple. My kids like destroy it. There was one time when I made it, I'm like, I know you're supposed to let it cool down before you cut into it. And I was like, Nope, this is going to, I'm going to burn my fingerprints off, but it's going oh, to it. be worth it. It's going to be worth yeah, it. I can't sit there and watch it cool down. No, I can't. Oh, who does that? Who has that patience? I remember we'd like, when the, they were cooling down pasta for the kids, they would, like, maybe they popped it in the in the freezer for two seconds. You know, they'd stir it and pop it in the... Or if it was, like, a, if it was already October or November, they'd put it onto the balcony for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you grow up on pastina as well? We had a little bit of pastina. Yeah, I mean, I think every kid has. I don't think we grew up on it, but I'm sure we had it, right? No, We'd I had one like, aunt that you had to have pastina when you went. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you speak to any Italian kid, they, at some point they had pastina.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure, That because that was your first... Wasn't that the first foray into solid foods as a child? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right? That's why
0: I don't understand these little <laughs> pieces of pasta. That honestly could get lodged in a
1: second. <laughs> I think if you <laughs> but, I think if you cook it long enough it becomes mushy, I think. You don't have to I worry. Think so. can, I think I I, don't I, know. A, a toothless child can gum it. What was your breakfast what did your breakfasts consist of growing up?
0: So we had a couple of things. Yeah. One was and in my dialect, it's Lovos Batuto. Okay, yeah. Which is um
1: uh Zabalone. Yeah, so scrambled so like a scrambled egg with like with coffee in it with espresso in it?
0: No, my aunt one of my aunts did the espresso. So they would just kind of beat sugar and raw egg. Yeah. Not the just the yolk. Yeah, yeah. So you beat that up, get that into like a little fluffy consistency, and some would put espresso. Yeah. And some would put, what was it, Marsala or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was like,
1: that's why we were all so happy. Yeah, you gave your kids booze. Uh, yeah. I remember just having cafe latte, cafe latte like espresso yes. and hot milk and cookies growing up. Yes. Like that Milano was our cookies. Milano cookies. Biscotti Milano, Tante Dolce Momenti. Yeah. yeah, that was like. A...
0: <laughs> so I asked all my guests yes. to share their kitchen confession. Do you have one that you can share with us?
1: Okay, so uh, growing up, my dad, he worked in a factory, he was a tailor. So he worked with factory machines and sewing machines and busy, busy, busy factory work. Dinner was important to us, but my dad never wanted anybody talking at dinner. He liked quiet. And I used <laughs> to think, this, that's such a <laughs> asshole, this guy. We can't talk at dinner. But then, I, then I, growing up, I realized he worked in a factory. He was tired and, 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 and worked all day and he just wanted to eat in peace. And and, and then when I was a kid, I'd be like, when I have kids, I'm gonna let them talk to them. And then now I have kids, I'm like, just eat your dinner, please. Why are you standing up? Where are you going? Just sit down and eat your pasta. Don't say you don't like it. I just made it. I spent an hour making stuff. Why are you, just sit on your seat. Why are you standing beside me? Go sit. (laughs) So I wish I had, I wish I had learned a little more from my dad in that moment. Uh, so uh, every, now that it happens, now I'm like, oh man, my dad had it. He was right. Just I get it. Just <laughs> five minutes, everybody. <laughs> just everybody. Just relax. <laughs> just relax.
0: Oh god, that's hilarious. If listeners want to reach out, follow you, um, watch Big Food Bucket List.
1: Where can they find all this? So you can uh, watch Big Food Bucket List Friday nights on Food Network Canada. Uh, They always air two episodes back to back. Uh, You Gotta Eat Here is still in reruns, so if you catch old episodes of You Gotta Eat Here, Uh, Mm -hmm. you can watch it on uh, foodnetwork.ca if you you don't have cable. Uh, And if you want to follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, it's just my name, John Cattucci. Yeah, and you'll want to do that. Please do.
0: Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. For joining me today, chatting, taking time out of your day because this has been a lot of fun for me. It's been fun for me too. Like my face hurts from laughing.
1: (laughs) While we were doing this, my daughter, my youngest daughter threw a note under the door saying, can I come in? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm going to say she can now. It's that
0: time we've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew and I'm Mary Mammoliti. See you at the next episode.